here we oh, go What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Neat on Belly podcast. We are your hosts, Nate, John, and Brandon. I feel like my pacing on that was so annoying. Yeah, I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't was, catch a rhythm. There was. I was like, maybe I can copy this, and I was like, nope, John. Uh, that was awesome. Boys, today, we are going to recap UFC Fight Night, Corey Sanhagen versus Song Ya Dong. No fights to preview this week, boys. So in honor of a new NFL season, we are going to assemble our own football teams using MMA fighters based off of athletic skills and attributes. We'll explain more. Stick around. It's going to be a fun one. Oh, yeah. We also have some ADCC recapping to do. And no, we ain't capping. We got the real deal, baby. For you guys, uh-uh, uh-uh, along with uh-uh, all the news and happenings in uh-uh, the world of mixed martial arts. But first, boys, still with the off timing rhythm. I love it. <laughs> What's up, boys? Episode 97. Dude, 100 is coming up way quicker than I thought. Yes. Safe to say nothing special will happen because <laughs> we have not even thought about it. At the very least, maybe like three weeks. That's Maybe me and Brandon will flow row on camera or something you in your backyard. I do. I like it. I do like it. You can um, go to Jackson Mara and do it in the sand, like in the volleyball. Oh, there you go. They, that, yeah. Oh, I forgot they do have that sand mm-hmm. there. You know, people used to use that a lot. They don't anymore. The volleyball? I place? never see people there anymore. Oh, used I do to be really all the time. Big. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that explains a lot. Yeah. <laughs> there would be one left. 9 a.m. Boys, I hope um, I have, there is like an air show going on. Um, oh. at the yeah, at the military base just a little north of here. Um so, <laughs> so hopefully oh, dude, it has been all weekend, man. It's just like they've like the they've had like a big bomber like mm. that just flies real low and it's like buzzed our house a couple of times. So hopefully That's awesome. Yeah, it, it was pretty cool yesterday. <laughs> yes <laughs> for like an hour. <laughs> Not so much anymore. Um but yeah, man, we have um, we have some fights to get to. I'm really excited to talk some ADCC. Um, stick around for that. I was just telling these guys. I think we're gonna save that for the very, very end. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, if you're just here for the MMA, we'll get through that first and then um, finish it up with some ADCC. Yeah, but if you're just here for the jujitsu. Fast forward. <laughs> stick around. Stick around for it all, um, boys. Let's get to it though. Before we do, Brandon, right off the top, let the people know each and every week what we need them to do. Understand the assignment. All right, guys, so we just need you to, to get involved, so follow us. So you can follow us on all sorts of uh, outlets, platforms. So we're on Instagram. Check us out there. We got some posts going on TikTok. We got some stuff we post on there. Um, YouTube's still up and coming. We got some content on there. But also, most importantly, please, if you're on Apple, give us a five-star review. Mm-hmm. Write a review in there, too. We'll, we'll, we'll read it out on the podcast. Um, and that really helps us grow our numbers, get more people to see us and hear about us. And so we can just continue to grow across the globe and just get bigger and bigger. Five stars on uh, Spotify as well. And if you are, if you do have an Apple phone or product and you still listen on Spotify, jump over to Apple. Just real quick. Just give us both. Just real quick. Hook us up on both, all right? It works for everybody. Boys, last night, Corey Sanhagen defeating Song Yadong by Mm. TKO Dr. Stoppage, a nasty cut uh, in between the fourth and fifth round. Uh, boys, cuts in fights. Ain't that right, Brandon? That's right. Brandon especially lo- last night. Brandon was, loves a, yeah. Especially it was a bloody night last night. Brandon, Brandon loves a good uh, Dr. Stoppage with <laughs> via cut. Um, 
But boys, Corey Sanhagen just slicing and dicing his way to a really nice victory here. Opens up a massive cut over Song's left eye very early in this fight. I believe it was like in the second round yeah. there. Um, you know, the doctor was looking at it between every round. I feel like gave Song every chance to get back into the fight. Um, but heading into that fifth round, he had kind of just seen enough uh, and stopped it. Not much appeal or shock to anyone, including Song Yidong. Matter of fact, Corey Sanhagen might have been the most shocked by the when when it was said. Um, but you know, Song immediately came over and told Sanhagen he couldn't even see out of that left eye. Um, but man, just what an impressive performance here by Corey Sanhagen, who continues, in my opinion, to look like one of the best bantamweights in the world. Hot take. Um, I was actually really impressed with Song Yudong last night. Yeah. We'll get to that. I was going to get to that as well. <laughs> yes. Both guys. I mean, it was a great fight. High yeah. levels. Yeah. Corey looked good. He looked really good. Um, but I just honestly, I mean, that elbow that cut, that cut Song yeah. really was the difference maker for the fight. I feel like, and it's easy to say this in the next day, but you know, if that cut's not there, man, I feel like we have a different fight coming into I felt like, yeah, I just felt like at times it seemed like Song was just having a hard time getting inside to, to really touch Corey yeah. like he wanted to. But, man, there was that. I think it was in that second or third round when he did finally catch Corey clean there. I mm -hmm. mean, he sent him rocked back into the cage there. I mean, mm -hmm. that just showed you, you know, that kind of one-punch power there that Song carries mm -hmm. at any point is going right. to put somebody's lights out. I think he was eight. I mean, he may have gotten taken out once, but he was eight for eight at one point on takedown defense, two for two on his own takedowns, yeah. looked good on the ground with Corey's great yeah. on the ground too. So I just overall, man, I thought Song mm -hmm. really belonged in there and the, the the cut, you know, like we said, that was, again, Corey looked great. Yes. Um, really pieced him up with his jab, man. Oh, I think at one point he landed yeah. like six or seven jabs in a row just peppering him. But then at the same time, you would see Song Yudong using this crazy head movement and, mm. and avoiding like six or way. seven jabs yeah. from mm. Sanhagen. Just high-level stuff and extreme toughness from Song right. Yudong as it, well. It, well, and it felt like the whole like lost the fight, won the war thing where what Sanhagen was doing with the elbows won him the fight. Right. I thought Song was fighting so good. I had it 2-2 two -two personally um, going into that before that stoppage three happens. <clears throat> but I, I could see that as well. But I'm yeah. just saying it was, it was very competitive. Um, but, you know, it sucks when a, when it's a cut that takes a guy out and not necessarily him getting finished right. or, or whatever. But I don't think Song really drops too far because, of course, Sanhagen is such a – I mean, <sighs> you said, such a tough guy. He's got some yeah. really big wins. And I don't think anybody's signing up to fight that Song Yadong either unless they think they can cut him up because yeah. that dude's still a freak. I, I wanted to, so like the thing for me is I feel like Corey's still in a really weird spot, mm -hmm. right, in terms of who he gets next. Um, but what I really want to make sure I really want to see Song fighting somebody that's still yes. ranked above him in in the ring. Does that make sense? Oh like, yeah, like uh, one mm -hmm. through nine, let's say, um, just based on that performance. Even still, um, I think he deserves you know to stay up there. Oh, gosh, and, he's so good, man. Mm -hmm. Both of those guys. I mean, you just. I mean, when we talk about the level of this sport, they're just constantly getting raised. When you see two guys like that go out there and put on a performance like that, that that just speaks to like the the matchups that we're getting we're going to continue to have in this sport. Like that's exactly what we're going to continue yeah. to see more stuff like that and it just it's crazy. But let's spin it for it. I mean, let's talk about this cuz this division is in an interesting place right now as you kind of said Sanhagen's in an interesting place right now um, so why don't you guys put your Dana White hat on for a second you know we have TJ Dillashaw and Aljamain Sterling for the title next right we know that mm -hmm. Abu Dhabi coming up a couple weeks out um, but now we have Corey Sanhagen Marlon Chito Vera Marab Dwalashwili and the winner of Piotr Jan Sean O'Malley who will all be ready to stake a claim at a title 
excuse me, number one contender matchup potentially. So let me ask you guys, because I think last night they even alluded to possibly like a little tournament style thing here, which Mm -hmm. if there was ever a time, like I know Dana White's always kind of poo-pooed tournaments in the past or Grand Prix. This is it, man. Like if there was a time, like you literally have, I mean, to talk about a top heavy division, but I mean, we're talking about, look at the skills of some of these guys and how good the top of this division is. But we know Dana doesn't typically do that. No. So you guys, uh, we'll start with John. Just kind of put, how would you match all these guys up? Like I said, Corey, Cheeto, Marab, and then whoever wins that, Jan O'Malley, which I believe is on the same card as TJ right. Aljo, correct? Well, yeah. Well, it's funny because he doesn't do Grand Prix, but he'll set up three fights in the same he division on a card yeah, where right. whoever performs better tell. on the bottom yeah. probably fights. But I think the reason he doesn't do Grand Prix is because then he'll have to be tied to giving somebody a shot. Sure. And he'll never do that because sure. he wants to be able to pick through it, I, you know you know we're going to get to something in the news later that you kind of take somebody off the board kind of higher up that could maybe be a good interesting fight but you know you do have Marab who's talked about moving divisions because he doesn't want to fight Aljamain yeah um maybe you you can offer him up to one of you know Corey or Cheeto or you know kind of make him show his hand earlier and you maybe you set up Corey and Cheeto. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know. Those are the only two guys who don't currently have a fight right now outside of Marab sure. between everybody else. So I think, you know, you don't know what's going to happen with injuries. And with Marab, you don't know what division he's going to be in. So I would like, to, I would love to see Cheeto and Corey um, as the next fight for them too. Cheeto coming out today, I was saying, because Corey kind of alluded to that in the cage last night. Cheeto did respond and say, if he's down, I'm down. Pretty much. Violence. So, yeah. Oh. I don't think there's a. A wrong matchup no, at there's all. There's definitely not. Um, but what I would, what I'm thinking is like, okay, depending on who wins between O'Malley and Yawn. Yes. So if if O'Malley beats Piotr, I would love, 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 love an O'Malley Corey Sanhagen yeah. for the title, mm-hmm. like or for a t- contender shot. Um, but if Yawn wins, you know, I think uh, maybe Piotr um, Marab, mm-hmm. and then you could throw. I don't. That's the thing. Though. That's where Corey's in that weird spot, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you do with him? Mm-hmm. Um, but. I think it all kind of, to me, comes down to who wins between Sean and Piotr. Yeah, I, I'm I'm like so on that train because I said a couple weeks ago, and I still feel I want to see Cheeto Marab. I mean, you want to talk about violence. I mean, here, here you go. You got violence with all yeah. these guys. There's just like, like you said, there's not a bad pick here. But to me, Marab and Cheeto is just so damn yeah. tasty for me. Mm-hmm. But if... Piotr were to be O'Malley, you really can't do Piotr and Sanhagen in. I mean, you can, but right. let's save that for when maybe there's a title on the line. Like, let's save that second fight for then. Um, I So I agree. I think we kind of have to wait and see a couple weeks who wins the title, how that yeah, plays that out. That changes a lot, first, too, because yes. you have Marab there with the Aljamain ties. Correct. And then you have Jan, who's lost to Jan. Right. Or, uh, yeah, Lon's lost to Aljamain twice. So that becomes hard to put him back in that right. spot. Also, don't forget, Song has a win over Chito Vera. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're gonna, yeah, I, I got a little bit more on song here in a minute, but yeah, I mean, but I agree. I think we kind of have to see these last two fights play out, but as it stands, if O'Malley say were to win, I'm with you, man. Corey Sanhagen, mm. Sean O'Malley, just sign me the heck up right now. Mm. And then obviously I'm all over Cheeto Marab. Still puts you in a tough situation for a number one contender there. <laughs> if either of those, you know, who comes out of those fights is winner, you know, you're, do they fight each other? But then at that point, whoever was to win the title shot, depending how that plays out, could be ready for a fight. So it is going to be interesting. Yeah. But nonetheless, you know, I do. I don't think it's crazy to think Corey's next fight isn't for a number one contender match. I mean, that's just how good he is. Mm-hmm. And Sean O'Malley's interesting too because he's one of those 
uh, logic breakers where it's like, sure. has he beat the same guys that these guys have beat? No, but he's a star. Well, and if he beats Piotr, you're right. So he becomes like, maybe he holds out for a title shot and doesn't want to fight Corey Sanhagen. Right. And the UFC has been inclined to do that for certain people. Well, the, yeah. the problem I have with O'Malley too is if he goes up against Piotr and then let's say he just gets dog walked, mm -hmm. well, then what do you do with him? Yeah. Because that's kind of like his first true test. And then it's like, well, make him fight Song Yadong. Well, it'd be more, I think, what do you do with Piotr? You know, for yeah. O'Malley, he's just going to drop, right? You know, we, we got to kind of put him back in place a little bit there but for Piotr it's like well if he just runs through O'Malley it's like well I mean cool but we didn't really know how good he was to begin you know mm -hmm. I mean not saying that it would you know you know devalue that win at all because I still think Sean O'Malley's that dude man I really I've kind of like I was a little bit like yeah we'll see on Sean O'Malley but I've really kind of gotten to the point with him like especially that last win over um Pedro Pedro as weird as it was like I just feel like I saw enough really? in there yeah in, in the Pedro fight I just I think I saw enough what? in there man I think he's legit man what? there's just a couple of things like I don't know just some of the stuff I've just like I just look at a guy like Corey Sanhagen and, like I just can see them matching up really well together I just I do yeah, I mean, I could see them matching up, but I, don't, I just feel like that's their styles. And, like, and it could be a stylistic thing. Like I said, this Piotr fight's going to tell us a lot, nonetheless. Yeah. What I, like It'd be hard for me to say here if he goes out there and beats Piotr to be like, nope, not convinced yet. Like, <laughs> yeah. obviously, I'd kind of have right. to start eating my words there but yeah and i and <clears throat> as we kind of move before we move on from this fight i unless you guys have anything else after this but i do have like one more quick take on this fight and i don't know if you guys um i don't remember if you would really discuss this much last week in the preview of this fight um but Corey sanhagen deserves so much credit for taking this fight in the first place you know being the number four ranked guy in the world being willing to face the number 10 ranked guy in song Yidong, who most people would agree is better than that 10th spot in the ranking anyways especially when you look at some of the guys ranked above him and also was coming into this fight with a ton of momentum you know song coming off those two nasty nasty knockouts and oh by the way Corey Sanhagen coming into this fight on a two-fight losing streak mm -hmm. this easily could have been a trap fight for Corey Sanhagen right. imagine if he would have lost that fight to Song Yidong last night then he's on a three-fight losing streak with his last loss being to the number 10 ranked guy in right. the world I mean we're sitting here today you know discussing discussing him potentially fighting fighting in a number one contender match next. I mean, really imagine if he loses that fight, the difference, you know, his career could have gone in comparison as for terms of the path. Mm -hmm. You know, what? where would he have gone next if he's on a three-fight losing streak and lost to the number right. 10 ranked guy in the world? And I'm not criticizing that booking by any means, um, you know, saying that, you know, Song, Song should have never fought him because this was a fantastic matchup. And Song, like you said earlier, Brandon, deserves to be fighting guys at the top of right. this division like Corey. And had Corey lost out there, there would have been no shame in that. But in terms of rankings and records, I just think he deserves so much credit for being willing to take that fight against a guy who despite the number in front of his name, was a lot better than right. that number. Mm -hmm. And we and showed it last night, right. even in a loss. And, you know, even in thinking about that, you know, we talked about for the where he where that puts him, that does put him one and two in his last three. Yeah. You know, so maybe that might hurt his chances at getting a contender shot because he just beat the number 10 guy. It does. And any of these other guys, if they win their fights, they're beating somebody higher sure. ranked. It, so. does, it does. Except for Jan, obviously. Yeah. It does put him in an interesting spot. Um, the only thing I just, I kind of worry with Corey with where he is in his career is I don't want to see him fall into that like Donald Cerrone where he keeps getting to the big fight, you know, 
he, he had that number one contender match where it was like, if he wins this, he gets a title shot next, he loses, right? Then he gets lucky, kind of gets thrown back in uh, in the interim title with Jan, loses that. Um, granted, I think it was a bit short notice if I remember. Well, in both of those fights he's in. It's not like he just like didn't sure, show up. yeah, but yeah. Well, yeah. They, the Sterling one was a little rough. Yeah. It was pretty rough, but, but that's what I worry about with him. I mm-hmm. just, I really hope, because I know he's a big mental guy. You know, he talks a lot about that and big into that Art of War book and stuff like that. And it's like, mm-hmm. I know he really, looks into that stuff but I hope it just doesn't become a thing where this guy who like I said to me continues to look even despite that looks like one of the best bantamweights in the world I mean mm-hmm. he's just so dang good yeah so I, I do think that's something to watch with San Hagen moving forward is can he win that big fight you right. know he, he needs to show, show that so that's all I got for that main event if you guys have anything else if not we will move on to Gregory <laughs> Robocop Rodriguez defeating Chitty Injikawani by TKO in round two and boys Robocop is actually not human at all it turns <laughs> out Leave it up to the name. Man. I think I've seen a uh, circuit in there. Whew, yeah, on the split <laughs> forehead. Yeah. Uh, Chitty catches Rodriguez with about as clean of a knee as you could probably take to the dome. I mean, that thing was... I mean, Robocop was changing levels. Chitty just pops him right in between the eyes with just a hard knee. I mean, it looked yeah. terrible. Um, I probably wouldn't be able to turn my neck left or right <laughs> for about three weeks. Um, and Robocop just eats it, man. But opens up just a nasty cut on his forehead. Um, and despite Chitty landing some big shots in round one that probably would have ended most men, and despite the doctor almost stopping the fight for Gregory between rounds, I mean... You really had the impression going into that second round that if Chitty just landed a couple big shots, they probably would have stopped it. You know, yeah. if that thing really started bleeding. I mean, because I think one of somebody was like, dude, his like nose is about to like just peel off. I mean, it yeah. was a bad cut, man. Um, but instead, the RoboCop comes out in round two and was just having none of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yanks, literally yanks Chitty to the ground. Just like like big brother. like <laughs> yeah. Get on the yeah, and uh, just follows it up with some big ground and pound. I, I think Chitty gassed himself really hard in that first round going for the finish. Um, but boys, is RoboCop, uh, is he human? I don't know. You tell me. I'll tell you what, he's, uh, he's going to be fun to watch yes. the, the higher up he climbs um, in this sport. Like I've, been, I've watched every, I think it's past three or four fights. And something that people sleep on because he hits really hard yes. is this guy is a world champion in jiu-jitsu. Yeah. He is a monster on the ground, and he shows it every time. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's something that people forget. And then he gets on top of Chitty like he did in that fight and just passes like butter into half or quarter mount wherever he yeah. was and then just starts raining fire. Sure. And so anyway, I, I just – that was awesome to see. And like you said, living up to the name, RoboCop, yeah. how do you – finish yeah. that guy for no. anybody that didn't see real quick go, ahead. go check out there the picture of that forehead open is everywhere it is disgusting go ahead john oh. now i was just gonna say you know it kind of reminds me of like a glover type where he's just a really good grappler uses it when he needs to but also still has sure. a super big chin power in his hands yeah. um yeah i don't I, you know like you said cleanest knee i've probably seen oh. since like the masvidal I mean, he was like, it was a full-blown level. I mean, he literally, like, his momentum went straight into Chitty's momentum. And he got hit with a straight right right after that sent him back into the cage. I think what saved him with the cut is that it was in the middle and not over the eyebrow. That's a good point. Because it doesn't block your vision. The doctor told the um, ref or the... 
Yeah, the ref. Yeah, the ref. Oh, he watch it. Yeah. So he, he, that's all he was doing was watching his forehead. Like, sure. man, when is this yeah. face going to fall off? Yeah. What was, is they watching for? Do you think? I, I'm get. That's what I'm saying. I had, for it to start spitting. Or I, I, I don't know. Well, I had the impression. That's what I'm saying. I had the impression that had Chitty have maybe popped it two or three times and that thing just opened up again and started bleeding. I think he would have stopped it. That's, I mean, it was that bad. And I think that's how close the doctor, well, credit to that doctor all night, by yeah. the way. Because even the song, like we said, there gave was more him than plenty. just that. There yeah. was a couple fights on the undercard that got yes. bloody. Yeah, really good doctor and, and gave every guy a chance. But yeah, I think that's what he, I think if that thing busted open and just started spraying or leaking, mm-hmm. I think they would have stopped. Well, it. and I think that's something we didn't mention on the last fight is when Corey was on top of song, he was rubbing his head over that cut. And, you know, Gregor didn't have to deal with that because he was on top when he got to that yeah. position. Imagine if Chitty, like, hit him with an elbow, like a down elbow, and it just, like, peeled the right. skin down. Yeah. I mean, you're talking. I he mean, kept it, himself out of danger <sighs> being able to get on top and not even play with that. But, right. I mean, I'll, super impressive against a guy that I know me and you have been really high on. Yeah. Still high on because if anybody else eats that knee, they're probably asleep and on oh, a, yeah. a six-month suspension medically. Yeah. I'm a big Robocop fan. Yeah. Like, I'm a big fan. <laughs> but one of the things, too, I think he uh, – did he drop Chitty in the fight? I think he did. I think he did once. in the first round. Was it the first round? <laughs> it, mm-hmm. Somewhere in there. Okay, that's something because he just goes in there and he'll yeah, just he sent, throw. He sat him down on the kit, like he hit him and he kind of fell into the cage. Okay. I think the commentators like, "Oh, was that a slip?" And then they wa- watched on the replay and saw he, he had caught him. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, I'm I'm with John. I mean, just to derail the hype of a guy like Chitty, who a lot of people were thinking, like you looking at Alex Pajeda, like this might be this guy's trajectory a little bit. He really starts winning here. But you know, nonetheless, that's two in a row now for Rodriguez as well. Winner of four in his last five in the UFC, only one loss in the UFC. Um, that last fight, that Julian Marquez fight, I mean, knocking him out the way he did. I'm telling you, I'm with Brandon, man. This guy is one to watch. I think I think he's going to get a pretty decent fight next. Yeah. And I think it's going to be very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, boys, a couple more quick results I want to get to. Andre Feely, touchy-feely, defeating Bill Algio via split decision. Great win for Philly. Um, you know, Algio came in on a two-fight win streak, um, and Feely was winless in his last three bouts. Hadn't won a fight since Charles Jourdain in June of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end, shared that him and his lady had uh, tragically lost their baby. Mm-hmm. Um, so he dedicated the fight to, you know, his unborn child and stuff. I thought that was a really cool uh, but, you know, good win for Feely here who, you know, it's so weird with him because I feel like when he came in, he had a lot of hype behind him. But you go back and you look at his lo- his record and it's win, loss, win, loss, win. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of been his story in the UFC. But he's fought everybody, man. Yeah. He has literally fought the toughest of the tough. So really glad to see him get a win here. I really like Andre Feely. Like he's been fighting in the UFC forever. It's crazy, dude. His second fight in the UFC was Max Holloway. I mean, that's <laughs> wow. crazy. Jeez. It's crazy. I mean, but he's just a stud. I mean, I think I think he's good. It's just... It's the potential. It, and that's what's so frustrating. Yeah, because you see it there. Like, he has mm-hmm. these fights. I mean, like I said, Bill Algie gave him everything he could handle. I mean, he's tough. Because right. I thought Feely won the first, Algio won the second, and then I thought Feely did enough to win the third. So, good win for him there. Um, next one, we got to give him a little love. Joe Pfeiffer. Be Joe Pfeiffer, Dana White said. And everyone can see why. Defeats Alan Amendovsky by TKO. Huge debut debut win for Pfeiffer. Coming in off his impressive Dana White Contender Series knockout. Um, he said it was his birthday. The UFC gifted him a 50K bonus that he definitely earned and deserved. But... Tell you what, I mean, it's it's so hard to read guys this early, right? Because there's mm-hmm. not like this biggest names oppo- name of opponents. But Joe Pfeiffer, we're seeing twice now, doing exactly what he should be doing against you know opposition like this. I'm excited to see him. Kind of mentioned he had some like some um, 
some problems outside the cage. I really didn't understand what was going yeah. on there, um, but said that the UFC had Dana White after the Contender Series had um, basically given him enough money or something to uh, like his rents paid for for a year now. Um, so I think that's awesome. You know, I think sometimes we kind of bag on the UFC for maybe not paying guys and not doing enough. Um, and so I think in that same respect and regard, we also have to give credit where it's due. And, and you know, he, here he is saying that, you know, because of them, Dana White willing to be generous or whatever, he has a place to live for the next year. So mm-hmm. um, I, I just think that deserves to be mentioned because we can't be critical, right, without also right. giving some love. Boys, the last fight I'm going to mention, Anthony Fluffy Hernandez <sighs> defeating Mark andre Barriolt. By arm triangle at 153 in round three. Boys, death, taxes, and Fluffy gonna bang, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I love this dude. He's probably, I was honestly probably most impressed by him as far as just overall dominant performance. Yeah. I mean, he showed everything. Yeah. Um, striking, wrestling. I mean, the wrestling. He was cutting off into single legs like it was nothing. Um, and then obviously, and you know, he's had some wins over some highly decorated grapplers, but to yeah. still even pull that off, that was tight immediately. Yeah. And then he put him out. I mean, no, you, I literally had that like in my notes is proving that he is just a complete mixed martial artist. I mean, we're mm-hmm. seeing him do it all. The only thing I'm going to add is he literally spiked poor Mark Andre Burial <laughs> head first into the <laughs> canvas. And I don't think I've ever cringed. I thought he was dead. I mean, I, I don't know if I shouldn't say that. I'll just say this it's a good thing like Mark Andre isn't you know, Mm -hmm. didn't get knocked out or worse from that. I mean, that was rough, man. I've Mm. never seen somebody just thrown on their head. It like skidded the canvas too. Did you guys Mm -hmm. see that? Like ripped it or Mm -hmm. left like a skid mark or something on it. Um, But that's three in a row now for Fluffy. Gotta believe that he's probably due for a a ranked opponent next Mm -hmm. in the uh, middleweight division. It's in three in a row? Three in a row for him. Um, Here's what I say. Send him next door. And uh, let him retain his ADCC title that he won from Adolfo Vieira. You know, right. I, I think I think Fluffy's got it in him, baby. Oh, oh sorry, yeah. I hit the wrong button. <laughs> yeah, I think he's got it in him. Let him finish because he's he's ADCC champ, right? If he beats Adolfo, that's true. <laughs> Couple more, just two results. Actually, I lied, boys. Uh, just want to send a shout out to Damon Jackson who beat Paul Sabatini by first round TKO. Damon saying after the fight that Tuesday he found out that his brother had tragically passed away, but said there was no way he was canceling the fight. So shout out to him. I couldn't imagine the mental toughness to push through a fight week and then get through a fight, you know, finding news out like that mm-hmm. week of. And I just hope he's, you know, given the time now he can start mourning and heal and stuff. But I just think he deserves a special shout out. Mm-hmm. Um, and also have to mention, unfortunately, our boy Cameron Van Camp losing by first round knockout uh, to Nicholas Mota. That's two in a row losses, uh, two back-to-back first-round knockouts as well for Cam. Um, His first fight in the UFC was last second fill-in at welterweight against a monster and Andre Fialio. Mm -hmm. You know, so hopefully the UFC will reward him for that and give him another shot. You know, I think Cam would agree and be okay with me saying, I don't think the UFC or the world for that matter has really seen the best of him yet you right. know that he has so much more to show um and i and i hope he is given that chance but even if it's not in the ufc you know he's gonna end up i was talking to jacob we were talking last night and it's like he's too good for the regional scene he can't go you know there's no way right. he comes back it's gonna be a bigger show it's got right. you know even if it's not i hope it's in the ufc but if it's bellator pfl one you know right. something big he's gonna get and we're gonna be there rooting for him because he's he's still that mm-hmm. dude man i'm telling you he's got so so much potential for um sure. Yeah, and whatever he does, it's it's gonna be something big. So but just wanna send a shout out to him because you know, nonetheless, it's like seeing 
you know, somebody from our area or where we're from on the biggest stage living out their dreams. I don't care if you're a Fife fan, if you're not, when you're from here, you can take inspiration from that. So right. shout out to Cam. And he's just going to keep getting better. I mean, that team has just been growing and yeah. growing. And um, he's, like I said, he is coming straight from the regional. Man, it's probably, right. it is probably not, don't know, but it's probably really hard to cut your teeth in the UFC, right? right? You know, I mean, he's got a ton of fight experience. I'm not saying that, but in terms of just being involved in a big promotional mm-hmm. fight week and stuff, you know, so. Mm-hmm. And both these opponents are, are not just yeah. guys off the streets that are, you right. know, 0 and 1. Those are two really tough opponents Agreed. for him. That was UFC Fight Night. Brandon, what is our score? So, John coming away with zero points last night. Me, Johnny boy, yeah. what is going on, man? Me, what are we doing? And here? He, he picked your person, too. So. I, <laughs> I had to hedge it because I can't pick him the same can as I, me. Can I, I say something, points. though? I, w- I was going to pick Song. Where, oh, were you? Yeah. Wow. I, I was going to pick Song. I, oh, yeah. I really thought he was going <laughs> to Well, do here's it. the thing. I knew he was going to pick Sanhagen. So if I wanted points and you, you guys not to, to get any, <laughs> yeah. I had to pick Song and be strategic. I was, I was real close to pulling out three. I was, like, getting pretty excited to see you. So how many did I get? One. How many did you get? One. Oh. Yeah. So current scores, John, 56. Oh, that's right. We picked for one fight. Yeah, John, you got 56. Nate, 64. And I have 70. Or no, I'm sorry. Nate, I think you have 63. And I have 74. Okay. All righty. Well, no fights, like we said, to pick for this week. I believe our next fight week will be next week, and that's going to be Mackenzie Dern mm-hmm. versus Jan Shawdown. So, really, am I being too ADCC, that lady that was doing the intro? Okay, that was just so frustrating. <laughs> we'll get to that, but I'm, I'm kind of feeling like it's just, I can't God, stop doing it. The first three were cool, and I was like, all right. <laughs> no. Um, all right, boys. So, I have been so excited to do this. Um, obviously, was hoping to do this last week for NFL kickoff week but because of work we've already talked about this i'm gonna be in and out so wasn't able to do it last week but i'm pumped to do it this week we are going to do our nfl times mma team um Mm -hmm. how we're gonna do this we've picked out six positions three offense three defense people we ain't got time to sit here and do 22 no, we did add extras. <laughs> we did, yeah, yeah I got a we couple. Did, we did have some fun and add a couple extra. I think everybody's got a little extra to throw in. Um, so we're going to do quarterback, running back, wide receiver, D-line, linebacker, and safety. You want to do, what did you call it, your free safety or strong safety, John? I just say safety because you want to be able to move them <laughs> It's around. kind of all the same. Kind now. of how the description came to, came about. You might want to yes. move them into the nickel. You never know. You never know. So we're going to jump right in. Um, we'll kind of explain it as we go. So how, what I did is I, I was looking, and it took me a while to figure this, how I was going to do this, but I wanted to try to find like what scouts look for, traits or athletic abilities in all these positions and then how can we kind of tie that into MMA um there really wasn't a good reference there was a couple articles but actually shout out to whoever posted this on reddit Mm -hmm. um they said that they had like some insider I don't know I don't know if they're a scout I don't know if they know anybody but I thought everything here was spot on for each position it was probably Brandon so here's what (laughs) we're gonna do um I'm gonna read to you guys the description of what these teams are looking for what makes a good quarterback in actual football, and then I will read how we're going to then translate that into mixed martial arts. So, starting out at the quarterback position, a QB should have a strong arm, good decision-making, advanced knowledge of the game, and good hand-eye coordination. How we're going to tie that into mixed martial arts is a good jab or certain singular punch, one punch, a high fight IQ, 
and good hand-eye coordination. Typically, your quarterback's your best player on the field, usually, mm-hmm. in the NFL. So, probably should be one of your better fighters, I would say, on your team here. So, is this gonna? Are we going to jump into our picks and then go to the next one, or are you yeah. going to read off every single No, position? no, we're going to start right now. Okay, so, okay. We'll, we'll actually start with you, Mr. Cowboy. Uh, Eagle. Eagle, Mr. Eagle. Come yeah. On, <laughs> who, who yeah, the, that's our rival. What are you talking about? Yeah, who, who the Eagles taking uh, at QB there, Brandon? Uh, Jay. Oh, like my pick? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Jay, Jay Leno. <laughs> uh, Jay okay. Leno, so, the little little uh, preface here. Absolutely. I, I'm not the biggest football sure. fan. So, like you're, my under- you're on your way. Yeah, my understanding of the position is maybe a little bit elementary. And um, for quarterback, my my thought process for this game was I really want somebody who can lead the team. Like, like yeah, like they got to be someone who's like talented. Yeah. And can move. But a lot of times when you look at quarterbacks, they, they're part. They're one of the captains of the team. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Please. I want. So I want somebody who's got some energy and who can like you know halftime. We got to we got to run the score up or something. I want somebody who can get the whole team going. Yep. So my quarterback is Colby Covington. Because oh because all American. If you can, I feel like the energy he brings, albeit negative, in the in the MMA, <laughs> can be if we can channel that to all something right. for a team positively. Okay, I feel like he can really get, he can really motivate the team. I, I don't I don't know if his NFL teammates are gonna like the. Well, it depends on who else is on his team. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. As long as they're American. Yeah. Um, but I like I like your backstory there or, or your reasoning, John. Yeah. Who are you taking at your quarterback? Position. All right. So what I did is I actually tried to find a player comparison. I like that. And then I tried to combine what they do well with this person to kind of make it make sense. So the QB I'm going for, the type is Josh Allen. And the description like is that. how unfair, how un, it's almost unfair how big they are and how okay. just like it's just unfair for that. So my pick is actually Francis Ngannou. Okay. What? I now listen, see. just listen. Okay. okay. Strong arm. I hate this pick. Overhand right. <laughs> Easy. Strongest arm in the UFC, right? Strongest punch. Um, high fight IQ, or high IQ to make the tough throws in fights. In in the fights, he's done adjustments to wrestle. That's that's fight IQ. His punching wasn't working in the surreal gone fight. He made a really big adjustment to win that fight, and he had bad knees, and he made that adjustment. Good coordination. I said good coordination slash escaping sacks. He has the ability to throw off get off get off throws last second. And I talk about that for Francis, as in like how he'll get hurt, stumble back, and still make big punches like the Stipe fight. Or be able to throw punches offline, kind of like a Patrick Mahomes in the Overeem fight, where they're not coming from traditional spots, but he has a strong enough arm to get those off and get the W. Okay, I feel like Kobe Covington versus Ngannou in a quarterback competition. He's not even he close. Makes, no. Francis is way better. No. Makes Ngannou look silly. I, I'm with Brandon on this. I think Ngannou's a little too big for quarterback. A little <laughs> I mean, bigger people, than, a little bit too big in terms of Josh I mean, Allen. People think Josh Allen might be too um, big. I don't I know who that is. I think, yeah, I think, I think, I think Ngannou belongs on one of the line positions, Mm-mm. but it's your team. It is my team. Hey, I'm not, I'm not going to He has the strongest you. arm out of anybody you guys can say, so. But he's got to throw a ball. What's the difference between hitting something? But we're comparing it to Dude. MMA. <laughs> If, if you want DeForest Buckner as your quarterback, take it. That's fine with me. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, boys, my quarterback, it's funny. I'm going to give you every reason why this is my quarterback. And then based off his last fight, you're going to be like, yeah, but. Uh, it's Kamara Usman. Mm. Um, so the reason I'm taking Usman is um, obviously the jab. One singular punch. You know, he can get behind it. He can throw that thing all day. You know, good chin, durability. Um Obviously, questions there with the knees, but what great quarterback didn't end his career in some knee braces, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> super high. This is where we're going to get a little funny. Super high fight IQ. Obviously, in his last fight, made a mistake. No great quarterback doesn't throw interceptions, though, right? Sure, sure. Uh, Tom Brady throws at least 
five a year or something, you know, two maybe at best. Pins. But, uh, you know, had a little lapse there uh, when the, in the last fight where he, he kind of, you know, the fight IQ for a split second turned off and he got caught for it. But I still think in terms of knowledge, like I said, IQ of the game, just being one of the best athletic people uh, in the UFC, in my opinion, hand-eye coordination, all of it. He can do it all. Kamara Usman. I actually dual, had him to begin. Dual threat. I'm going like a dual threat quarterback there. Mm. Running back. John, are you mad we we, we shied in no, on that? No. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with mine. Just, just well, like, you have to be. You picked it. <laughs> no. I, to me, I, it, I just wanted to match it up with everything that we had in and make it a part of MMA. It. I love it. These guys aren't going to make sense on a football field. Sure they will. All right. Here we go. Boys, running back. We're looking for, in the NFL, speed or power or a balance of the two. Good vision, which ability to see the field blockers, you know, figure out where the best path is, the best, best hole, um, and then ability to take a hit. So how we're going to translate this into MMA, good speed and power or both, good vision strike or strike defense, and good takedown defense. So, you know, ability to stay on their feet. Uh, Brandon, we'll keep it going. Who is your running back? Tyron Woodley. I, okay. feel, I feel like he just runs through everybody. All right. I, mean, I feel like we. I should have specified keep it to the current roster, but we'll. Oh, <laughs> we'll yeah. No, no, you're good. Well, Fedor's next. <laughs> <laughs> he's To be fair, he's the only one that's not. Okay. So, okay. okay. No, you're good. I, I, I like that pick. Okay. And he, Sorry. And, and no, no, it's fine. I didn't I didn't tell you. I should have told you, but you're good. I like it. It's okay. a good pick. John. Oh, me. So, uh, from my running back, the style is going to be Cordell Patterson, actually. And the meaning is an older player in a young man's position. Big guy, too. Um, so, my pick is actually Jose Aldo. For power and speed, you have the boxing and leg kicks. For good vision, he slips punches really well, and he's a counter puncher. Hard to bring down. Has defended takedowns at a very high level his whole career. And for the toughness, he's just sometimes a little bit too tough for his own good. And can, like the Max Holloway fights where you just see him mm-hmm. take a beating and he can keep getting up. I thought he was going to be your kicker. That's surprising. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Boys, I'm coming with numbers here because with 92% on his takedown defense for his UFC career, I'm going with a guy that I think has speed, power, vision, strike defense, and obviously takedown defense with the 92%. Give me... Rafael Faiziv. Nice. For, strong dude. Oh, yeah. Moving on to the wide receiver. Speed. Or for the NFL, we need speed, agility, ability to make sharp cuts and conserve speed. Yeah. Ability to catch. Um, height or jumping ability. And then kind of threw this one in because they put it in on this Reddit post. Is a bit of a diva personality. So, you know, think, you know, you got like your Odell Beckham or um, – uh, oh. Chad Ocas- yeah, yeah, but I was thinking who, who walked off the field last year? Why can't I think of his name? Oh, um, gosh, that's going to bug me. Played for the Steelers. Uh, Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, yeah, just like big personality people. How we are going to translate this position into fighting is someone with good speed and agility, very dynamic striker, and uses creative angles maybe to strike, flashy, obviously diva personality. Brandon, who you got? So I had two, but I'll stick with just the one just okay. to see who you guys had. So my number one is Johnny Walker. Okay. Feel like he's feel like he's big, tall, probably quick. Um, definitely has some agility. He's got some cool flying knees in the yeah. octagon. Um, flashy and is definitely a diva. Like he yeah. just fits little, that person. Little out there. Yeah. <laughs> Who you got, John? All right. For this one, I my type is Devontae Adams, and the reasoning is sometimes you don't realize how crazy his career has been. That's he, a good point. Um. So for my pick for that, it's Adesanya. 
uh, speed and agility, very quick strikes, covers distance, gets opening slash catching, creates openings for his strikes with feints and angles. He's flashy. He attempts entertaining kicks almost every fight. And then the diva personality is obviously him being very comfortable in his own skin and enjoying to get other people uncomfortable. I like it. I like that pick. My wide receiver, I actually told you guys this one earlier, is going to be Sugar Shane, Sean O'Malley. Mm-hmm. Um, everything embodies to me like speed, ability, great striker, good footwork, um, and obviously the personality, the flash, it's all there. Um, so that's our offensive positions. Obviously, these were more sh- um, strike, offense heavy. You know, we were looking more strikers. So now as we move to the defense, this is going to be a little bit more takedowns, maybe some wrestling here and there with obviously tackling and football. So not that it has to be. I'm just saying you're kind of looking more in that direction here with the defense. Um, so we're going to start with our defensive line uh, for the NFL qualities or traits are size, ability to get past O-linemen either through power or finesse, speed, tackling ability, and a good trash talk game. Kind of they threw Mm -hmm. that one in there. I like that. So for MMA, we're going to go big and athletic, powerful hands, good takedowns for tackling, obviously. And we'll go ahead and keep the good trash talk game in there if you want to add that little aspect into it. Brandon, who is your defensive lineman? So I just went with the biggest person that I thought was also fairly coordinated and quick. And for me, that's real gone. That's a good pick. I considered yeah. him. I yeah. Think, I think I, I had Francis as like a close second, but I feel like Surreal can get past most guys. Yeah, I agree. All right. For mine, uh, my comparison is like an Aaron Donald type and the reasoning being being discussed as a goat while he's still active as a player. Mm. Um, so I picked Kamara Usman for my defensive lineman. Like a John. defensive end hybrid type of player. John. The dude wants to fight light heavyweight, and he's big. Switch your quarterback no. defensive line. He's big and athletic, could fight at a higher weight, strong wrestling, power in his hands, <laughs> tackle slash run stuff, high-level high wrestling and high-takedown defense. Not the best trash talker, but he can say what he wants because he's that good. Guys, I almost... <laughs> John's a Colts fan, so they're they're you know a little str- he's a Colts and Notre Dame fan. It's been a tough uh, season, so I mean it's not much better for anybody else. So you, he's your quarterback seen- is Ngannou, and your and your defensive line is Usman. It, it, yeah, because of the traits. You guys didn't pay attention to your own instructions, uh, man. Just uh. we, we, <laughs> feel free to just put anybody you want, just regardless I, 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 of positions, okay, so as who, long as they're relatable. So who is your comparison? My comparison was Aaron Donald. And you think Kamara Usman and Aaron Donald are even remotely close in terms of size, build. Right, being so much bigger than people and just being... And I said the reasoning, goat talk while still active. I was comparing that part too. Oh, Johnny. I wish you guys would just pay attention. I mean, you could have went John Jones. You know, you're oh. talking about goat talk. I mean, that's I almost went with He's John not even Jones. active. He's not active. That is that's a, that was part of my argument. For that is a good that point. Person. So I went with a guy who I have actually said from the beginning reminds me, like, if this guy didn't find fighting and was American, he would be playing defensive end in the NFL. Um, I guess if you want to compare it, like, in terms of John, you know, we're talking like a Joey Bosa or a Khalil Mack here, and that is Tommy Aspinall. Yeah. Just a big, freaky, athletic dude. Um, obviously, the takedowns are there. The ground game's there. Um, actually, a little bit of the trash talk. I don't. He's not really trash talk, but he's witty. He's funny. Mm-hmm. He's got. He's quick witted, and I like that. Moving on for the linebacker. I feel like John's gonna say like Marab Dwalishwili <laughs> or something. Like, I just don't even know. Jose Aldo again. Yes. <laughs> First two way player in the NFL. <laughs> All right, boys, for the linebacker position, we have tackling ability, good size and speed combo, ability to cover tight ends and running backs, um, and an unreasonable desire to play through injury. Um, So you're talking just like a mentally tough big guy here. Um, And, you know, for um, 
MMA, I mean, we're going to look for freakish strength, speed that could, could compete at a smaller weight class, takedown abilities, uh, maybe has fought or would fight through injuries. And I kind of told you guys, just an all around tough kind of SOB, right? Like this guy's no non, maybe not no nonsense, but just a tough guy. Uh, so, Brandon, who do you have at your linebacker position? So, I was just kind of thinking of a guy who's willing to kind of be just real gritty and just do the same thing over and over and over. And so, I went with. Mm. Curtis razor blades. Okay, I like that little. Maybe, yeah, I could see that for the position. Yeah, maybe not very athletic. Maybe not very like definitely not somebody. I would who say compete. athletic actually. When you say you know, kind of put it like that. Well, one of the things was could potentially compete at a lower weight class. I don't feel like he's that heavyweight, mm. but I think he could do some work. Yeah, on the, on the D line. I just switched. I'm my, sorry. Line, you, uh, what line are we on? The, a linebacker. Linebacker. I feel like John's gonna say Chris Doc is here. I'm excited right. for pick. <laughs> <laughs> so my type is Bobby Wagner, and right. the reasoning is the guy who's been good the whole time. Ooh. And s- same name, I'm picking Bobby Robert Whitaker. Uh, speed and power combo, could fight lower, matches well with everyone. Tackling slash securing stops, has added wrestling and does a great job of taking fighters out of their A game. He's a tough guy, probably the only person who'd willingly fight Yoel Romero twice and Adesanya twice. John, I knew you knew football. That's exactly who I picked was Robert <laughs> Whitaker. I knew you knew what you were talking about, man. Um, hey, for everything that you just said, the only thing that I would add to that um, is with the injury, fighting injury. Mm-hmm. When he fought Yoel, I don't know if it was the first or second time. I cannot remember. But if you remember afterwards, he had said that he had injured his knee mm-hmm. um, and almost canceled the fight, but actually fought through that. So kind of fit the mold there for that. But I agree, Robert Whitaker. And just that Aussie type of attitude. Oh, dude, you could definitely see him You could playing. see him on replacements, just yeah, come coming on. in replacements to playing and, linebacker. And he, he's he got the team, like he's the, the, the ability. You could see him in the middle. You could see him playing outside. Yeah, He's I, getting a targeting call for sure. <laughs> Speaking of targeting calls, we're moving to the <laughs> safety position. And in the NFL, you need to, a blend of cornerback and linebacker. Um, the ability to lean one way or the other, depending on scheme there, typically requires good tackling ability, good ability to read the field and determine where you should be to help, and the ability to cover wide receivers deep. And obviously, safeties are just freaks, right? You think of some mm-hmm. of the best, like Ed Reed, Bob Sanders, Peanut Tillman, you know, so you go through some of these guys, uh, Sean Taylor, you know, just for mm-hmm. laying the wood, baby. Um, but how we're applying this to MMA is a good blend of size and strength, decent takedowns, but largely relies on dynamic striking to win, a good chin, and not afraid to get in a firefight, baby. This guy is just a freak, and he's everywhere. Um, really almost every attribute here at this position on the defense. That's why we went safety. Brandon who are you going with? Okay, so again, guys, not the most knowledgeable of football. So when I was thinking safety, I was kind of thinking somebody who's just, like you said, kind of all over the field. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to have pretty good vision to know where they need to be. Um, and they can they do quite a bit, a lot, sure. right? The tackle, defending passes, things like that. So I had three. My, my first one, we'll stick with that one, is Alex Volkanovsky. Nice. The, the rugby history used yeah. to be about 220. Rugby is fairly similar to football. I just feel like he'd be pretty quick and get across the field and – Probably, probably be able to make some plays. I almost safety. picked him for my running back. Yeah, he'd yeah. be a good running yeah. back, too. Who right. you got, John? So for safety, my player type is Harrison Smith. Oh. Uh, reasoning being an unassuming star player. People don't kind of think of him as a top, but he is. And my person is Bryce Mitchell. Um, coverage, nasty. coverage and tackling 
uh, matches well with great strikers and has high-level grappling. Additionally, has become more of a solid striker himself. He's hard-nosed. He'll push through and eat shots to get to his game uh, for like a ball hawk ability, uh, ability to nullify the big shots that end fights with his wrestling and control. Mm. High confidence against high-profile players like the receivers, uh, willing and wanting to fight anyone and everyone, and he has a fire mixtape. <laughs> <laughs> Which every good safety should. I'm just saying. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Boys, my safety, I feel like, embodies everything uh, that we picked here. And that is going to be Terrence T-Rex mm. McKinney. Um, you know, good size, good strength. D2 wrestler. So he has the takedowns. Largely doesn't rely on it, though. You know, um, but he has that ability. And then, obviously, the firefight. I mean, he's willing to, to hit, mm -hmm. take hits, to give a hit. Um, good chin. But, you know. T-Rex is going to cause havoc all over the field. That's it. That is our NFL teams. We do have a couple extras because <laughs> Brandon informed us that he went the full gambit. So the whole coaching the tree. Whole, he did the whole coaching staff, I think. Are we talking like, yeah, so I got a, is this a Bill Belichick I coaching tree? I don't or? even know if these are the right positions. I got head coach, all offensive right. coach. So go through them. Okay, so for my head coach, John Danaher. I feel like you want a guy who kind of has an understanding of, yeah. of everything. He'd be a good guy. A um, good point, man. Get some game plans. Could you imagine if he just started coaching more MMA guys. Like, I would mm. love to see what that looks like. It'd be pretty fun. It would be interesting. Um, again, not the most knowledgeable football, but for my offensive position, offensive coach, I have Hamza Jemaya because I want a guy who's just going to be like, go kill everybody, <laughs> right? Like, I want somebody mm, who's sure. going to get the team going. D uh, defensive coordinator, Israel Adesanya, because mm. he just doesn't get hit. Nobody can touch him. So I feel point. like he has an interchange of how, really how to, you know, not get scored on, let's say. Uh, strength and conditioning, Faraz Sahabi. I feel like if you guys listen to him, anybody listens to his podcast, he actually has a lot of really good insight in terms of training and avoiding injuries and building Look at strength. GSP. And yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, I feel like he'd be a good good blend in there to help keep everybody healthy and on the right path and everything. So I feel like that's my my coaching tree, whatever like you call it. it. As a former, as a somebody who played football, Hamzat would be better for defense only because those are the coaches that just scream at you and yeah. tell you to okay. run through a wall. We'll swap, swap him and well, really, yeah, strength and conditioning coach yeah. too. Gosh. <laughs> Pull it up. Yeah. John, who do you got? Okay, I have two extra positions yeah, I added. Would you pick? I had a kicker. Okay. Uh, Justin Tucker is the type, and the reasoning is Mr. Seal the Deal in high-pressure situations, Charles Oliveira. Mm. He has the accuracy to land straight punches, power to knock people out. Uh, he's consistent in all conditions, meaning he's dangerous in stand-up and grappling, and he handles the high-pressure situations by coming back in a lot of his fights. I like it. And then my last one is the Rudy. <laughs> okay. Just went to a Notre Dame game, so I'm feeling the routines. The guy who comes in last minute and makes a play after everyone counted him out. He he starts the defense chant. Defense. Yeah. Well, and this guy necessarily isn't as like oh he's not a starter, but the whole everybody counted him out. He comes in in garbage time and wins a game, and that's Leon Edwards with the head kick <laughs> with one minute left. People thought he was out. He comes like through it. with the boom, the Rudy head kick. Well, when when I found out you guys had added, I went ahead and added a center, and I went. Chris Barnett, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Give me the toughest guy with the lowest center of gravity. Uh, yeah, that, that that was mine. If I had to do a head coach, though, I'd probably do Fortis MMA Save Saud because that dude in the corner yeah. is just like, yeah. I love mm. hearing him corner people and just yell at their face. Uh, boys, let's or, yeah, let's roll it into the news, and then we'll get into some ADCC. Going on the news. Mm. Going on the news. Mm -mm. If you don't like it, Brandon will punch you and give you a bruise. <laughs> All right, fellas. Um, we got a little mixed bag with the news today. Um, I'll start off with some some really big fight announcements. Um, real quick, there's a rebooking of Jared Cannonier and Sean Strickland. It's going to be rebooked December 17th for a fight night. 
Um, I'm guessing it'll probably headline or that seems like that type of fight. I'm yeah. glad they're still doing it because that's a matchup I know I really wanted to see. Um, also, big time fight announcement. Uh, just talked about him, Bryce Mitchell and Mavzar Iloa Ilolov. Ivloyah. That's gonna what a banger. Yeah, I that that's fights. I mean, the amount of takedowns that's gonna be in that fight, or at least attempts, are gonna be. Really super crazy. John, do you think if I would have said envelope, you would have said it? Like his no. last name. <laughs> envelope. <laughs> no. <laughs> the envelope is all, all off. Um, and the last one, probably the biggest one uh, as far as the UFC fight announcements, Calvin Cater and Ar- An- uh, Arnold Allen. Hmm. Uh, that's going to be a fight night in October 29th. Um, we've been waiting on Arnold Allen to get a big fight, yeah. and this is that. Yeah, I agree. Um, so that's, that's going to be huge. Um, some other qu- su- quick announcements. We have... Um, Marlon Marais ending his retirement to sign with PFL. Yeah. Um, hasn't worked out really great for UFC guys, but, you know, yeah, you know, still me, got the itch. Me and Jacob, we were talking about that yesterday, too, is this next season of PFL, tune in. I mean, mm-hmm. they are really putting together a good season for next year, and I'm really excited mm-hmm. um, to see some of these guys, you know, that have left, like – like you guys talked about last week, Thiago Santos, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, Jeremy Stevens recently, man, there's just, it's, I think Pettis will come back. I mean, yeah. he's not, not going anywhere. Broke both his hands. I mean, Jeez. who's to say Nate Diaz doesn't factor into it at some point. I mean, a million. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I think that's what it is. I think that's what's so enticing for some of these guys. It's like, Oh, I'm going to get paid and I can bet on myself to win a million dollars. I'll take that. I mean, who better to bet on than yourself, your own skill, your own hard work. Like, mm. you know, anything mm-hmm. can happen, but you know, I'm just saying like, they're really building a nice little roster there. Uh, additional PFL news: They signed Muhammad Ali's grandson, Biagio Ali Walsh, hmm. to an amateur contract. Interesting. Um, so they actually, probably just kind of bought his rights. Yeah. yeah, I know he was actually playing like football in like high school, like going into that. I know there's another. I think it's his great grandson who boxes, Nico um, okay. Ali Walsh. I don't know. Um, and he's actually won like four or five in a row. Nice. So that's that's a big one for him in boxing. Yeah. Okay. Um, also, we got some. Um, unfortunate news. Well, well, we'll go this way first. Last night, um, Canelo Alvarez and Triple G did their trilogy fight. Uh, Canelo Alvarez winning decision on two judges scorecards, 115 to 113, while a third judge had it 116-112. Um, it seems like Triple G is just, at 40 years old, just isn't the same fighter he was in their first fight. I heard fight. it was a terrible. I heard it was um, boring and not even close. In the, in the last five rounds, Triple G kind of turned it up and started landing some big stuff, yeah. but it was too little too late. For Alvarez now, he has all four belts at 168, looking at possibly fighting Benavidez, getting his rematch with Bevel, or going up to heavyweight, whatever else he's trying to sure. do. Um, then we also have... Unfortunately, the passing of Elias Theodoro. Mm-hmm. Um, people didn't know, but he had stage four liver cancer. Um, it's unfortunate. Um, really good, really good dude. A tough fighter. Yeah, he said he wanted to. I guess they said he wanted to like battle. Like he just he, he intentionally kept it private. Just right. kind of wanted to, like like who is the Black Panther guy? Kind of that same thing. Chad, Chad, uh, Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, kind of just wanted to to do it privately. So yeah, really sad man. I, I was telling John one thing. I'll never. I always remember about Elias is. When he was like, why can't we have ring card boys? And he went to like Invicta and he walked around the ring and just no shirt on as like a oh, ring yeah. card boy. That That's one thing I'll always remember about him. I guess it's not really for his fighting, but. Right. Um, and then uh, within an hour before we started recording this, mm-hmm. we got some news that Jose Aldo is retiring from MMA. I actually first seen it with the fighter remove tweet. So yeah. then I was like, well, what's going on here? And I had to double back for information. It's, it's interesting. Um, it seems like that they, his team had basically bargained to get him out of his contract with the UFC for retiring. He had one fight left on his contract. Um, 
they're stating that he might be interested in possibly boxing. Mm-hmm. I know he's talked about even wanting to go back to play soccer again. Um, but I mean, you know, we talked about his last fight where with Marab, where it looks like he had a chance to win it and just couldn't yeah. find that extra drive to yeah. get to those openings. And maybe he doesn't want to stay in there if he can't compete at that level. Sure. And you got to, you know, you got to respect that. Yeah. I mean, you got to make that decision. Right. right. And, and obviously you're talking about, you know, one of the greatest guys at, at featherweight and oh, bantamweight. Man. Yeah. The featherweight so, king, right? It's tough to see him go as one of my favorite fighters. I actually wanted to show you, show this to Brandon. I got this, our boy Nathan actually pulled this card it was an autograph. He got it graded. It's a 10-10. And, you know, me and you being really big into cards, it's interesting because, mm-hmm. you know, UFC is such a volatile market where guys win and lose, their prices go up. What we haven't got to see a lot yet is what happens when they retire. Ooh, that's a good point. So um, when it comes to these, it'll be interesting to see. I'm not selling this. this yeah, Jose Aldo is my second favorite fighter sure. ever to Anderson. So it's gonna something that's going to go in my personal collection. But, yeah, anybody who might get a chance to see that, there it is. Cool. Yeah. Pulled out of a blaster too. Which oh yeah, anybody dude. in the card world that knows, it's like that's just like a retail, like not a hobby box. You just like out of it was at Target, right? And mm. the funny story about even that card is like, yeah. so I was going to Target to get some, couldn't find them. He calls me and says, "Oh, bro, there was three of them. You just didn't get them." I'm like, "All right." So he opens and pulls that. So I'm like, "Oh, Aldo's my favorite." But the whole time I'm sitting here trying to like, man, I gotta find some cards to trade him because I know it's an expensive card. Blah blah blah. And it just kind of worked out to where it was it was easier for me to buy it off of him than him to try to sell it because mm. I mean I value Aldo more than like maybe a random person would. So sure. I got it. It's in my personal collection now. And yeah. ten ten baby, good for you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Is that's that the news? A, yep, that's the news. Alrighty, let's get into some ADCC talk. If you are not sticking around, uh, first off, thank you for listening. Uh, we will be back as always next Monday. Um, this is one of those podcasts uh, where you know it'd be nice. Hopefully, when I'm back to day ship, where I was telling you guys we can do a midweek pod because mm-hmm. last week with how big that pay per view was, it should have been split up into two podcasts because there was so much to talk about mm-hmm. talk about around that one. And then now here with ADCC, same thing. There's just so much and as we sit here and record today, uh, day two has literally started 45 minutes ago. So actually, that kind of bums me out. Looks like they're still doing walkouts. I got to pull oh, up right God, now. God, we're going to get to that. That is not <laughs> keep that pulled up. I wouldn't. I want. I don't want to miss anything. Um, yeah. So I guess let's just kind of start with that because okay. So just kind of setting this up. This is only going to be day one talk, guys. Like I said, day two is literally starting right now. Um, like I said, unfortunately, with me being on a second shift, we won't be able to talk about day two until next Sunday. So sucks, but. It is what it is. Um, so let's just kind of talk about day one because I feel like anyways, there's so much to talk about there. Um, but before we do, let's talk about, uh, do we do do you start by complaining or do you build it? Like, I feel like we, do we just get that out of the way? Cause, yeah, because I had a way that, to kind of frame it. I thought about because I thought about okay, this Okay, you start. So, okay, historically speaking, I've watched ADCC for, I watched the 2017, I watched 2019, I'm watching 2022 currently. Sure. And all three of them were, terribly unorganized so it's like frustratingly unorganized um like this year for instance um the start time yesterday was one Mm o'clock they didn't start until 130 ish Uh, yeah 130 and even then it was that started with 50 minutes of people almost an hour yeah just walking out and announcing their names and it's like, Ugh. so then the matches didn't really start till close to three. Yeah. And, and then they went on until 930 at night. So that's a law. That's just a lot of wasted time. Um, and even even on that, too, like there were points when I have all three mats pulled up on a monitor 
and then there would be times where a match would end so they'd have like two mats were actually focusing on one match for instance and then they would just pan over to Rafael Lovato tying his shoes for two minutes and I'm like what in the yeah, world because if you don't pick the mat it's like called flow zone and they mm -hmm. just start filming like people in the crowd you're like dude there's like two yeah. other matches going yeah. on but and here's my but I something I've started feeling like as I start watching okay. matches and getting into them and this is how I felt the, the previous two was it is the biggest tournament in the world. And yeah. despite all of the frustrations in terms of the organization, I don't get this hype for I other, other jujitsu matches. I mean, ADCC, I think every time I watch him, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I think this is the best format. This brings the biggest matches. It's that it's the, the biggest ups and biggest downs for yes. all these grapplers. Um, there's high stakes. It's yes. just, they're fun to watch. They're exciting. So I do think a little bit at least they make up for some of those frustrations but definitely need to put in some work when we talk about where the sport could go mm -hmm. if they clean some of that up spot on that was pretty much so here's where i am where i'm at and i don't know if this falls on flow grappling or if it's more adcc but i think they're kind of partnering on this so we'll just kind of tie both of them in and this kind of just goes to both of them um but recently kind of ex extension or I guess a little bit more of what Brandon was saying is I listened to Gordon Ryan and Mo ja Jassim, who Mo is the, like basically Dana White of ADCC. Um, they did a Joe Rogan interview um, and they were discussing, you know, what can be done to grow the sport of jujitsu? Like what needs to be done to where it, it transcends, so to speak, where your people watching aren't people that do jujitsu. Like you could have fans of jujitsu who don't necessarily compete in it like MMA. Um, but if we want this sport to be taken more serious, I think starting the biggest event of all time for the sport, 40 minutes late, and then like you said, doing another hour of intros mm -hmm. where the night before we had everybody introduced, like I don't need to see it again just because they're in their ADCC jumpsuits. Mm -hmm. Like I don't care. Nobody cared. You should have read the comments. Like people were like outraged. Um, but... And then there was things like, too, the posters were misprinted times where, like, AMs should have been PMs, so there was mm -hmm. a lot of confusion there. The press conference got canceled because um, of things being so far behind and off schedule. I mean, just a mess. And and my thing is, if you want this sport to be taken serious, you got to start there. Um, imagine if the UFC started an hour and a half late every, oh. you know, you know pay-per-view, supposed to start at 10 p.m., and our first fight isn't until 11.30 at night. Nope. People would lose <laughs> their minds. Boys are gonna start streaming. Nobody would pay for it. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, and and I think almost because ADCC is, you know, maybe once every two years, maybe they feel like they can get away with it because it's like, well, people are gonna watch regardless. And hey, I'm that sucker. I'm still watching, right? Yeah. And I will say, so that's kind of like where I'm at. Like, that's like my biggest gripe. Like, let's just clean it up next time because if you want us to take it serious and you want people that, what if I had told a buddy that had never seen it, like, dude, you got to watch this, right? And he buys it and he's like, dude, it's like, like two hours late. I fell asleep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Took a nap. It's just, it's just, it's not good. Now, I will say, now this is where we'll get to the positive stuff is production-wise, Mo has done everything that he's done, the lighting, the staging, that intro video mm -hmm. was goosebumps. I mean, he killed it, knocked it out of the park, looks fabulous. He said in that interview, Pride was kind of his inspiration. He's like, you know, production from Pride was a big deal. Loved all of it, and he knocked it out of the park. Beautiful. Um, but once again, none of that really matters when people are so pissed off and frustrated to even enjoy it. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Um, so I would just kind of say that, man. And, and and I couldn't imagine being in the stadium. Like, imagine those people that showed up an hour early when the doors opened mm -hmm. and then sat there for almost two and a half hours before they saw any jujitsu. Yeah. Probably bad Wi-Fi in there, overpriced food. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. I just, it would just be really, really tough. So I would just say that, like, just clean it up. But, but once it got rolling, 
on par. And that's what we're going to get to now is the positives. Yeah. Um, so we're, like I said, day one, we'll just start at the 99 plus kilo division here. Obviously, Gordon Ryan won both matches. Uh, his first one by submission. The second one against Victor Hugo by points. Um, he was pretty bothered that he didn't submit Victor Hugo. You can yeah. clearly tell. Um, but Hugo was one. I actually texted Brandon yesterday before the event started and said, I think he's a potential dark horse going into this. Um, obviously, I didn't think he was going to get matched up with Gordon so quickly. Um, but anything there from Gordon's day one, Brandon? Uh, no, I mean, pretty much what I expected. Yeah, he didn't sub Hugo, but he was pretty dominant in that. But, I mean, it's hard to. Hugo's like, big. Yeah, man. and he, he Gordon's expectations were I – mean, we could see it happening, but it's yes. tough, man. These are the best of the best. So, um no, I mean, pretty much what I expected from Gordon, to be honest. Right. And honestly, no real big upsets in day one at 99 plus, other than our boy, High Defeating Cyborg Abreu by armbar. Um, and Brandon, just kind of tell the people how impressive that was because you kind of had a good comparison in comparison to how big of an upset that was in just that moment. Yeah. So, my comparison, and I don't want to take anything yes. away from Heisen, but it just gave me the vibes of Craig Jones in 17 coming onto the scene and just um, taking out Leandro Lowe first round because yeah. nobody knew who this guy was from yeah. Australia. And Leandro is a name. Everybody yes. knows Leandro. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows Cyborg. Yes. Cyborg is a name. He's he's at every ADCC. He competes in the absolute. He's always he podiums quite often. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Heisman goes out there and within two and a half minutes oh, taps him. Crazy. Just just to, for reference, Nikki Rodriguez, who was your silver medalist from the last ADCC, went to a razor thin decision with Cyborg. Yes, mm -hmm. Heisman tapped him in two and a half minutes. <laughs> so <laughs> just that setting is, the tone. Yeah, that is impressive. And then the emotion from Heisman at the end oh, of that, you can see how much it meant to just him. Awesome. Um, it was really really cool to see. He did go on to lose his next match to Roosevelt Sosa, who, you know, I was telling you guys, I mean, honestly, Sosa probably one of the bigger guys in the division, honestly. Um, and then Heisem, in terms, I mean, he looked like he belonged, but in terms of weight, one of the lighter guys, right? Mm -hmm. So I was telling you guys, you know, there'd be something to ask him. You know, I don't know if he just felt like, because he did, when he eventually, he lost 2 nothing only on a takedown. And when he did get taken down, he tried sweeping, but I mean, Sosa just looks so big and strong, yeah, man. Just, yeah. just really tough yeah. to get off of him really uh, gutted, I mean, for Heisem. Um, but I told you guys, and, and I would just echo that here, is um, that moment, though, nobody will ever be yeah. able to take that away from Heisem. Mm -hmm. You know, he got to win his first match at ADCC against a, a legend, a former champion, um, on the biggest stage in the world. Yeah, um, giraffes so, on the scene now, man. Yeah, man. Gotta pay attention. And, and like I said, I mean, Nobody can ever take that from him. I mean, that, that'll that just something he'll be telling his grandkids. And then, and then the crowd just went nuts. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, like it was like staticking mm -hmm. my speakers on my phone. That's how loud it was. I just, and then obviously to be overcome with emotion. And, you know, honestly, if I'm being honest, it didn't maybe come out with that same intensity in the Sosa match. I don't know if, if it was just maybe like the size, maybe he didn't want to get shot. I don't know. Like I said, we'd have to ask him what happened in that yeah. second match. But I think it was just... Um, it was largely like kind of like a stalemate on the feet for a mm -hmm. while. He did have like a nice knee tap where he almost got him down, which yeah. was really close. And then when uh, Sosa kind of set to his butt and Heisem did some really good uh, top, you know, pass guard passing stuff, but Sosa able to pop back up. So great. I mean, I, I saw last night, once again, a day two is just starting. I did see he said he's hopefully going to be in the absolute. Mm -hmm. um, so hopefully we'll get to see Heisem again today in the absolute and see what he can do. But congrats to him, man. And I'm not even just saying that because, you know, we were able to to obviously interview him and talk to him and hopefully we get to again and, and, and tell him that in person. But just awesome, yeah. awesome day one. Mm -hmm. You can't, you just couldn't beat that. Here's the thing. He'll be back. 
Like, if he oh. continues to tear oh, up the scene. He's, he's on the radar he's, now. Yeah, he'll be back. Dude, he'll, and maybe at the minus 99 where that's more his range, yeah, too. Yeah, he probably could have. I mean, oh, you'd be somebody like Cyborg. Yeah, that translates probably really well down there. Well, let's move on to the minus 99 because, you know, I can't help but look at this and think how he maybe matches up in some of these. Um, same thing. No real shockers here for me personally. I think Nicholas Marigali uh, probably was a shocker for most people because he was seated so low um, to get it out, to get out of day two. I think he was like the 15th seed. But if anybody listens to, to uh, Gordon Ryan or, or knows where Nick's been, you know, doing his training at, it's like, you know how good he really is. Mm-hmm. So wasn't really shocked to see him not just move on, but kind of do it fairly easily. Well, I think the thing for him is because he was such a big gi guy. Yes. So people were really curious to see how it not only it translated to a no-gi format, right. but a no-gi format that's heavy wrestling. Sure. That's the other thing. Like I told you guys, ADCC, you have to wrestle mm-hmm. because if you can't wrestle, it's going to really hurt your chances of getting out of some of these close matches where it goes into overtime and you can't pull guard if you, unless you want to give up a negative point. Yes. Like that stuff, that's where it matters. Right. So. Agreed. I also have the impression after day one that Craig Jones just seems significantly better than everyone else. Um, <laughs> literally tapped a guy in like 15 seconds, but he like broke his shoulder or elbow yeah. or something. It was pretty nasty. Yeah. Um, had an interesting match. Who is his second match against? I'm drawing a blank. Um, but Kyle Bohm. Bohm, yeah. yeah. Who Ky- who beat um, Devontae Johnson. Yeah, that was a pretty good match. Um, but Bohm shot in there on a nice double leg and kind of fairly late there where it would have gave him I think he did get two points maybe, Mm -hmm. but as soon as he shot, Craig locks up that guillotine and and finishes it pretty easy. But I have a feeling, like I said, you guys will know listening to this today because day two will have happened. I have a feeling we're going to see Craig Jones and Nicholas Marigali in the finals, and that's going to be interesting. I think they're competing. Aren't they? Wait, aren't they they matched up? up? I think they're matched up. I think they're matched up to go into the finals. Okay. I think. But man, I'm telling you, then you throw like Heisem maybe next time into this division. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, you never fully, fully know. Yeah, Um, he's facing Marigali. First? Uh, Yeah. And then he faces the winner of Lovato and. we got we, 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 we to speed this up. I, yeah. I got to get it back to my ADCC. Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving down, though, uh, minus 88 kilos. Um, I think this is where we're starting to get a bit interesting in the results, right? Um, let's start out with the Autos teammates, Josh Hinger and Ty Ruotolo, matched up in the first round. You know, I know Mo does the bracketing here. I feel like maybe there could have been a more. I don't really know how they do the seating, so I don't want to be critical there, but maybe they could have done more to separate Ty and his teammate Josh. Um, but... Josh pulling off the upset, defeating Ty Ruotolo in the first round. Tough, tough ADCC, though, for Josh Hinger, because then has to go face his other teammate um, in the next round in Lucas Hulk Barbosa, and he loses to the Hulk. So, yeah. I mean, that's just got to suck for, I mean, for for Hinger, it's like, okay, yeah, I got to win against my teammate. Then I got to go out and I got to face my teammate, and then I lose to my, like. And if you go back and watch the match between Hinger and Ty Rotolo, that was probably one of my favorite matches of great, the day. Like, that was match. a fantastic match. Great um, match. All the way around. Yes, probably the biggest shocker um, for most was number two seed uh, Jake, Jacob Rodriguez, J-Rod, younger brother of Nicky Rod going out in the first round uh, to Pedro Mourinho. Um, it was close, but I, I called this. I told Brandon, because I, I, you had mentioned that Nicky Rod was one that going into it that you didn't really, you thought maybe wasn't going to do as mm-hmm. well, and I immediately fired back and said, I think the same for J-Rod. His last performance at WNO against Jacob Couch, I wasn't that impressed, and Jacob lost at the trials, which yeah. J-Rod actually won. So the only thing I'll say to that is, I, obviously, Styles make, make matchups. Yes, yes. Um, that match that J-Rod lost, 
he was 30 seconds away from winning. Yes. It, yeah, I don't <laughs> want to make it sound like he got... Yes, I agree. Um, yeah, because in the last 30 seconds, he gets to take down. It's, it's, he's down by a point. He gets into quarter mount, and yeah. all if he just gets that knee through yeah. in three seconds, he wins. But again, you yeah. know, fair play. He didn't win. Um, but yeah, so that was a big, big upset. And, and same thing. I mean, it's like... He's gonna be fine. He's like yeah. super young. Next, he's only been training like two years. <laughs> yeah, like, come yeah, on. it's crazy. Um, m- moving down then to minus seventy-seven. If you have any more, Brandon, stop me. I'm just gonna keep it rolling. Oh, okay. Um, I guess here you have to start out with uh the defending champ JT Torres winning his first match, but then losing his second match against the Butter Panther PJ Barch, who is really impressing me through day one. Um, you know PJ's a guy that. I've never been like super high on. He's a great wrestler. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we know that, but um kind of lost some more high profile matches and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, I know he's great, don't get me wrong, but really impressing here through day one at, at ADCC. I don't know that PJ and JT have, have matched up before, but here's the thing. JT Torres is your two time defending yeah. ADCC champ. Hasn't been scored on in eleven years. Crazy. And then PJ Barch goes out there, double legs and passes his guard so good, and yeah. takes him out. Yeah. I mean that it that's just massive for PJ Borch. I mean, he he beat the no. I think T, obviously JT's number one seed. Yes. Um, but to go out and do it like that, man. Well, in I his mean, first match, he beat the number five seed. Yeah. Uh, PJ's like twelfth seed in this. Mm-hmm. So, um, big, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So big ADCC day one for him so far. I'm really excited to see what he does here in day two. Then you got Cade Ruotolo going two and zero. Oh. Yeah. So this is interesting. On the first day, two huge wins. By the way, first first one was a submission over Lachlan Giles, who. I got completely wrong. I told you Lachlan's, <laughs> he was like my dark horse here. Yeah. Um, I really thought Lachlan was going to do something in this ADCC and then to go out and beat Roberto Jimenez. And man, he has looked so sharp. And if you would have told me, gun to my head, house on the line, which of the two Ruotolo brothers gets out of day one, 100% would have said Ty. Mm-hmm. I would have picked Ty. Mm-hmm. So good for Cade, man, to go out here yeah. and just look as good La- as he did. Lachlan Giles was your number three or your th- uh, third place finisher for, I the, thought he was for the absolute win this. in I 19. Thought- um, oh. and K, it was a weird, weird match, man. The whole match, Lachlan's just laying on his back, yeah. playing inverted guard the entire match. And then, dude, the Rotolo brothers are crazy. He jumps on this so crazy bad. arm bar. And, well, Lachlan just gave it. To, I just, yeah. like, he just, well, like, switched match, off like for said, a minute. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, anyway, yeah, crazy. It'll be so fun to watch um, oh. Cade and who's he got next? Barch. Barch. Yeah, Cade and Barch, oh, man. And then, know. I know. right across there, you've got Dante Leone and Mika Gaval. Like, oh, I cannot wait. And they've fought once before, right? So, yes. this is a rematch. So, We'll go ahead and uh, Nikki Ryan uh, going out here in the first round. Probably not too, um, you know, shocking to people. Maybe wasn't seated very high. And man, Brandon, you can kind of speak to this, but I just feel like Nikki Ryan is going down as one of the biggest like what ifs or what happened in the most recent time with jujitsu. I just feel like Nikki's just problem is just probably his injuries. Um, I really, too many. I just be curious to see how his knees are feeling, mm. even like in that match he had. Yeah. I mean, he didn't look bad. I mean, and here's one more thing I do want to throw in with Nikki uh, Ryan. Because people dog on on um, Gordon for yeah. how he looks and like, oh, he's is he juicing? We look at Nikki. <laughs> like, I think there's a safe to say there's some genetics, some look good at, genetics in that family. I told you, look at Craig Jones. He looks yeah. so freaking jacked. Um, he looks uncomfortable. Yeah, Nikki. Nikki looked good, man. I thought he looked well in the match too. Mm-hmm. It's just look, man. That's just, this is ADC. The yeah. last forty seconds yeah. gets taken down, um, back taken, yep. um, and that's it, man. Just uh, one little mistake. I did have the feeling here, just like with Craig Jones, though, after day one, that Mika Galvao is just far and above everybody else. I, I, I am interested to see what happens here with the Bartruotolo match. I, I think it's probably going to be one of them versus Mika in the finals. Um, but, dude, Mika's just 
I, and this is his ADCC debut. He's just making it look easy, man. Mm-hmm. It's, he is making this thing look How old deep. is he again? Like 18, 19, 19 yes. something like that. No relation to Andre Gabba, by no, the No, no. He doesn't even train with it. He trains at Fight Sport. Mm-hmm. Um, as someone who doesn't watch as much of the jiu-jitsu, this is probably the biggest group of names in this division oh. as far as getting to the semis. So is the minus 66, which right. we can move on to. Um, ton of names here. Um, biggest upset, obviously. Number one seed, Gary Tonin, losing to Sam McNally in the first round, who Sam lost. Lost his next match, but I have to be honest. I feel like he won. I think it was a decision that he I, lost there. Mm-hmm. Don't think it, yeah, it was a rest. I just had the impression that he won. I don't know why I felt like that. I did not see that match. To be yeah. honest, I watched the tone in match and um, I saw Colabate's match. Which oh man, Colabate. I I thought he. I really thought he was a potential winner here. Yeah. And then to lose to Fabricio Andre, um, who then had to go face his teammate and Baby Shark Sosa. So. Baby Shark, uh, Fabricio, Andre, and Mika Galvao all train together. They're all mm. teammates. They train um, with Mika's dad as like kind of their head coach. Um, like I said, I think I think they still do train at Fight Sport, but I know they also have their gym in Brazil as well. Um, so Fabricio, Andre, this this matchup between him and Colabate probably was one of the biggest anticipated you know day one matchups because two of the youngest up-and-comer mm-hmm. stars in, in the sport that I mean both of these guys are going to be huge huge names in the next couple of years so seeing them to get to square off here first round day one of ADCC and obviously Fabricio to get the win there uh, was pretty major then you got other guys you know like you know Gio went out day one AJ Agu's arm going out day one, yep. getting upset. I didn't watch that match. I did not either. I heard there was a big crowd reaction to that one, so I don't know what was going on there. I didn't but see But people it did not like whatever. Something happened I in that match. Go I'll go back and watch yeah, it. Yeah, something, something happened there. I don't know what. Ethan Creliston. Ethan going out day one. That match was, oh, that was a crazy match. Yeah. But again, like just one mistake at the very end is. cost him, man. Is he, is he at New Wave or B Team? He's at B Team. Okay. I, I couldn't remember which one he went yeah. to there. Um, and then, yeah, Tonin was a bit crazy because I didn't realize that he was facing the number 16 seed there. And well, I didn't realize he was number one. That's how you do brackets, man. Yeah. One faces two, two, 15. But the one thing I'll say about Tonin, and, and uh, Gordon actually said this in that Joe Rogan. 80, the Joe Jass or Mo Jassum Rogan interview. If you go back and watch it, he said he gets so frustrated watching Tonin because he just he puts himself in bad situations. He just goes for things, and and you saw it here. I felt like hearing that, um, you know, Gordon's point of view of it, and then watching him compete here, he really does just go for things, which is fun. It's exciting. He's a fun guy to watch, but he does put himself in some yeah, rough situations, that's, and, that's, and that's, that's all that happened here. Not the place to do it. No, that's, it'll cost you big. T- now, no, no gi, no time limit, sub only. Okay, right. Not ADCC, man. You gotta, you gotta have some good jujitsu and some good. One hundred percent agree. One hundred percent agree. That is it. I don't have anything else from day one, guys. There's so. I mean, we didn't even get into the women's stuff. No yeah. real big upsets that I noticed there. I'd, I'd have to go back and Clay. check though. Clay, I think Clay Elizabeth. getting knocked out was a was a decent one. I think Amy Amy Campos is the one that beat her, right? Yeah, um, she, she, yeah, she's she's had a couple rough. I feel like last ma- match, I think she just lost WNO too. Um, but definitely interesting to see if Kendall Rusing and, and Gabby get matched up there in the end. That could be interesting. Yeah. Uh, but you got to think Gabby's still the favorite there. And the yeah, women. she's just so much. She's just so much bigger than everybody. It's tough. Uh, be a mosquito in the other women's bracket. I like Bia Mesquita, and I think she's probably she's gonna win uh, that bracket as well. She'd be my favorite. Mm. Um, so, yep, that's it. ADCC day one. Like I said, wish we could have done this midweek after it was over and put out a midweek pod, just going through everything. But if you want the day two, our thoughts, reactions, Brandon, anything going on over there? 
good. No, just the uh, who's kicking Arbosa it off? and uh, Wagner going right now. Okay, they're in overtime. Wagner turning back the clock there, man. He's looking good. Wagner Hocha, mm-hmm. and then you got Lovato Juniors looking good too. Mm-hmm. Another kind of older guy still sticking around into yeah. day two. So is he still current in Bellator? No, he actually just retired okay. from full time MMA. That's a good question. He just because he just retired. Um, I think to focus more on jujitsu and ADCC. Mm. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and. We'll see what happens in the absolute. You know, sometimes, like, like I said, you know, Chael Sonnen shows up and they just throw him in it. Nathan Giles, who gets who doesn't place anywhere in his yeah. bracket, goes out and places Habib third shows in absolute. Up, ready. That'd be Dog. interesting. He would get killed. I don't know, man. No, he would get killed. I don't know. Finished. F- finito. Uh, boys, I have song of the week. Um, I am actually going to go Kung Fu Fighting by, uh, oh, what's his name? I should have wrote it down. Oh man! Wah, just, wah. just sing it a little bit, and we'll give you. Ho, 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 ho. There was like, I picked it for a reason. There's like so many, like, um, like with the San Hagen song Yudong, like Kung Fu fighting. I feel like, like they were definitely Kung Fu fighting. And then here comes the big boss. Hoo ha! That's Gordon Andre, right? There's just mm-hmm. so many tie-ins. Um, I was just listening to it this morning. I honestly picked it because it popped in my head. There was no cool reasoning. <laughs> I just made all that. I just uh, like singing it in the shower. Carl Douglas, Kung Fu Fighting. Um, nice. Spoil- that- you want a spoiler? Yes. Lucas Hulk Barbosa defeats Magna Retro by ref's decision. Nice. Sorry. There it is. J- Brandon, what is your one for the people? Oh, geez, one for the people. Um, stay tuned for next week. We'll recap day two of ADCC. I'm yes, excited sir. for that. Yes, sir. John, what do you got? Um, mine is uh, yesterday, Saturday. I went to a Notre Dame game against Cal. Uh, hey, with they, my, need, they needed you. Yeah, they. I mean, if anybody wants to buy me tickets, I might be the luck, good luck charm. Yeah, any Notre Dame fans? Right. I got to go with my dad. Uh, my, it's my dad's first game. Me and you had went to a game yep. probably like 15 years ago. Yeah, probably. Um, but my dad is the reason I became a Notre Dame fan. Yeah. So that was really fun. But my one for the people is. Take time to do stuff with your parents, even as mm. you get older. Because when I went to the game, I realized like me and my dad hadn't done nothing outside of like birthday dinners in so long. Yeah, and we used to do everything together. Right, and I realized how much he just doesn't really do stuff. Like he doesn't, he just, he just works a lot. Mm-hmm. So definitely take advantage anytime because you never know what happens. <clears throat> yeah, I could take heed to that because that's a. I mean, I'm the same way. Just with my dad with Purdue, mm-hmm. and I mean, he took me to every Purdue game you know, until I became an adult, obviously. Right. And we haven't been to one since I was like probably 15 or 16. So I could probably afford to maybe get us some tickets and go to a Purdue game um, if they win. <laughs> this was a rough week for Purdue because they should have won. Maybe you'll be there. Good luck, Charm. Gosh, man, they should have won that game. Oh, hard kickers. Like if we could just get a kicker in Purdue, like it just, <laughs> it just, it's been so long. Like just please, can we just get a kicker in Purdue? Uh, my one for the people just changed because we just got a comment on, I think it was on the Silva Jake Paul video on our Instagram, and somebody says the fight's rigged before it starts. I just am so like, do you guys really think that everything is freaking like, and not even just with fighting? I feel like one thing that drives me nuts in society is everything is a conspiracy theory. Like nothing can just be right. Like, do you think you guys? I mean, yes, we have seen fake fighting, right? And and we have seen like in Pride days where it got really bad, right? But I feel like that was really. F- obvious i'm not gonna say what i want to say it was really obvious right like people are not gonna go out and just 
lose a f- I mean, I don't know, dude. It just especially Usa. just getting knocked out. It just doesn't gonna, make sense, just man. Just knock me out, dude. Pay me later. Like, like it just like do and and it's not even just this one. I just feel like I see it with everything now. Like, oh, this was rigged. Well, this was it, rigged. This was the plan the whole like no. Well, that's the Jake Paul effect too. People don't want to see him win. So when it he does win like though, this, man. they don't want to give him credit as a boxer. They want to make it to like, where it's just the amount of like, dude. Do you realize the amount of damage Tyron Woodley did to himself in that second Jake Paul fight, getting knocked out, or Ben Askren did in that first one, getting knocked right. out? Those guys are not letting that happen to themselves. There's real life repercussions. We're seeing people in boxing die in the ring. Right. Quite regularly, right. there's real repercussions to getting hit in the head, and I don't care the amount of money. Like, it just, it just so silly to me. Like, I think it's because there's always that like, oh, would you fight Francis Ngannou for a million dollars? And everybody's like, yeah, I'd let him. I just knock out and wake up with a million. Like, no, dude, <laughs> you'd walk out and not be able to these, walk. These are real fighters with real careers. Like, I don't know. I just get so freaking frustrated with that. Like, just let something be. So just know whoever commented that. Nate's I, it, it's you. not even just, it just like, I saw right. it and it's like, it's something I've been thinking for a while anyways. It's like, and it's not even just with fighting. It's everything in the world. Oh, there's people who are NFL conspiracy theorists like, that think that the season's already yeah, scripted out. Like, it's just nuts, man. Like your team sucks, John. Like yeah. your, your whole division sucks. Get over it. Yeah. <laughs> I oh, saw that. I, I saw a meme. That, <laughs> I saw a meme that said the AFC South is so trash that after week one, every team is still winless, and two of them faced each other. Yeah, I don't like the tie rule in NFL. Um, oh gosh! I mean, you guys tied with literally the worst ranked team in the NFL. Yeah. In everything. What's your thoughts? I mean, we don't know that yet. What I mean, if, what I, if yeah. they win more games? Sure, and, yeah, and you are right. You know, one hundred percent. But coming into it, they were like lowest. Right, everything. for sure. I mean, but mm. it's the NFL. These are all professionals. I agree. Mm. And you know, Brandon had a tough scare that same week. Lions almost came back on them. But we're one to know, baby. You are one to know. Yeah, I'm right. I'm enjoying the Bears. One to know. We yeah. faced the Packers. You guys had tonight. four inches of rain on your team as well. Oh, that was yeah, ridiculous. we. I'm so. Let me get on that too. I'm so sick of that as well. Everybody's like, they only won because the weather. I didn't say only. I said you just had. No, an extra no, team I'm not eight. speaking to you. Okay. I'm saying in general. I've seen that all week. Bish, we played in it too. <laughs> right. I said. I said bish. I put an sh on that, so don't go crazy. <laughs> we played in it too. Right. That's new. That's Bermuda grass. Rigged. It's a new field. That grass Fluce. was just laid uh, Tuesday, I think, before the game. Fluce had that in his head. Yeah, no we, we've never. Well, I listen to a lot of podcasts. You know, I'm on it. But that gra- that's Bermuda grass that just got laid Tuesday. The Bears had never played on it, i.e., Cairo Santos missing two extra points, which was ridiculous. But I'm just saying, like, we played on it too. And you guys owed the win to a Notre Dame player, so I'll, I'll take that. Notre Dame player. St. Brown. Oh, I'm on too. Yeah, he's looking like. A player, I like so. him. I do like him. Oh, no. Can you say his first name? One. I want to hear you say Iniquius. Equinemius. Equinemius. Then Amon Ra is his brother. Yep. Who do you? Who's they're playing right now? Right. Goals. Yeah. Yeah. Who are they playing? They're playing the Jags. Another really bad team that they're they were losing to when we started. How do you feel? I mean, thoughts going in. Salas is going for me right now. Notre Dame isn't playing great. Colts ain't playing great. Sometimes you just have that year where you start out feeling well, like, well. We'll put it this way. John had Colts gear on last week. John doesn't have Colts gear on this week. I try oh. not to double up. <laughs> but also, say. my Braves are doing good. And I'm going to go see the Braves at the end of the month, so I'm okay there with that. There you go. There you go. There's the hope for John. Folks, that's all we got. If you stuck around till the end for the ADCC chat, got a little extra there. A little extra bonus at the end. Thank you, guys. We will be back next week previewing... Jan Shanown versus Mackenzie Dern and talking about day two of ADCC. We'll see you then. Peace. Peace. Peace.